business is the fuel that drives America. Innovation, hard work, risk, and reward. It's what many call the American dream, and we're bringing the dream to you. It's the Business Beyond the Boardroom Show with your host, Mark Steckman. Hey everybody, before I get started with today's episode, episode number 134, I want to ask a quick favor of you. Many of you listen to this podcast and either aren't subscribed to it or haven't yet shared it with someone you know. Would you take a minute right now, today, and share it on your favorite social feed? Especially today, business owners and leaders need practical tactics and inspiration to move their businesses forward on a daily basis, and that's what we aim to do in each and every episode. Now, if this is your first time listening, I'm Mark Steckman, host of the Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. I'm an expert marketer and a three-time entrepreneur. I started the live radio show and then this podcast to share the years of experiences, successes, and failures that I've had along my personal journey. Joining me on the show are Joy McAdams, Jen Wiggins, and Kylie Francis, and we invite some pretty remarkable guests to share their story as well. Now, in today's episode, episode number 134, I share my thoughts on censorship on social media platforms. There is so much conversation right now about censorship, shadow banning, suspended accounts related to COVID-19 and the recent election, and it's prompted me to have numerous conversations, and I think you might be surprised as to my take. In fact, I'd love your feedback. So after you listen to this episode, find me on Facebook and drop me your thoughts. It's easy to find me. Just hop over to Facebook and type in Mark Steckman. I'll have this particular episode pinned to the top of my page, and I'd love your feedback. All right, so let's get to it. Here's episode number 134. Enjoy. So over the past few days, you may have noticed that thousands of people have created accounts on the social media platform Parler. That's spelled P-A-R-L-E-R. And basically, it's come out of frustration from what they've experienced over the past several years and then ultimately coming to a head in the last several months as COVID-19 and the election conversations have gotten heated up. Uh, They've seen posts get tagged by the social media platforms, posts being removed, or certain accounts even being suspended as a result of something posted not meeting the approval of the quote-unquote fact-checkers from those platforms like Facebook and Twitter as a primary example. Parler, a social platform similar to Twitter, promises users free speech, no censorship. And because Twitter and Facebook, much like the mainstream media, are owned or operated by liberal-leaning executives, Parler seems to be a new favorite of those on the right who are seeking free sharing of thoughts without censorship. And while the platform has actually existed for a couple of years, the past few months in particular due to COVID and the election have driven tremendous interest in it. And from what I've been able to determine, one of the investors in Parler, or owners of Parler, is a conservative talk show host, Dan Bongino. Now, for the purposes of context today, I want to explore how we as Americans have previously and currently 
communicate and what, if any, responsibility the social media platforms, like other media platforms, have to actually operate in the best interest of its audiences in and by allowing uncensored speech. To get started, let's think about newspaper, TV, and radio. Now, over the years, if you wanted to communicate a specific message to a large group of people, you could go to the audiences that consume newspaper, TV, and radio. First thing you do is contact the editor, a journalist, a producer, an anchor, or someone who works there in hopes that they do an interview to publish or to air your thoughts. That content would be filtered through their editorial and operations team, and then they would decide if they wanted to print or air your story or not. It's essentially censorship at a very basic level. They have a responsibility to act in the best interest of the public that they serve. But newspapers, TVs, stations, and networks, and also radio stations are simply not going to produce a story that they don't believe has merit or one that doesn't resonate with their audiences. Plus, radio and TV stations specifically also have a responsibility to protect their FCC licenses. And by the way, Facebook is not regulated by the FCC, so they do not have that same obligation. So legality comes into play that can impact a TV or radio station's ability to even do business if something airs that violates those terms of license. Okay, now moving on. You could also go another route, which would be paying for or actually buying space in the newspaper, maybe buying a full page ad or airtime on a TV or a radio station. And that would give you more freedom without going the route of having to pass through the sniff test through an editorial staff or a producer. But this won't come cheap. And frankly, for radio and TV especially, it again hinges on your following the FCC rules related to the license. And you could take out a full page ad or buy a 30 minute show on a local TV station or radio station, but you simply can't just say whatever you want using that time or make claims that are generally accepted as dangerous or illegal or violate basic community standards. In fact, if you think back years ago, there were frequently what I would call snake oil salesmen selling condos or get rich quick schemes on Saturday morning local TV. And often these characters like Don Lupree, for example, you need to Google the guy to find out more about Don Lupree, but eventually they would get prosecuted for crimes like fraud and embezzlement and other such crimes. And this opens up the TV stations to a major legal liability. Now, Don Lupree was the guy that was standing in front of the ocean telling you how he could make you rich simply by placing tiny little ads in the newspaper. Now, it was a pyramid scheme. But he made millions of dollars and he went to prison and the networks learned from it. Allowing him to bilk billions of dollars from unsuspecting viewers is a massive legal liability. TV stations, they have a responsibility at least at a minimum to vet the content that airs on them. And today they do. And working in radio, I can tell you, we do as well. So the point here is, is that it's not very easy outside of our little circles of influence to communicate on a large scale without social media. Like it or not, it's near impossible. Now, if you want to tell everyone in your personal network that your daughter has won a soccer trophy, have at it. You'll never be censored. In fact, as a social media marketing expert, I can tell you that type of content will get the largest engagement 
It will get a lot of traction with the social algorithms. Lots of people will see it. But if you think about it this way, you can't simply call up local channel six or your favorite radio station and expect them to let you rant and rave about your daughter's soccer team and the trophy that she won. Or on the flip side, why you don't believe that masks help fight COVID-19 or how you think Donald Trump was cheated. And that brings me right back to social media. The difference with social media is that it seems so much different. It's personal. It's my feed, my friends, my followers, but it's not. And because it's such a personal experience, we sort of feel like something that belongs to us is actually being taken away when we are throttled or told, nope, we're not going to air that content. Just like back in the day when the radio stations stopped doing those high school Friday night shout outs. Do you remember those? What? You're not going to let me call in and give a shout out to my homies at high school north? But, but, but this is my radio station. I've been listening for years and now you're not going to, what? Isn't this a public radio station? Well, guess what? Radio stations do have an obligation and a responsibility to their ownership to generate profit and ratings, just like your local coffee shop. They aren't going to just let you run the show just because you're the customer. The customer isn't always right. And even when they are, the buck stops at whoever owns the company, right or wrong, like it or not. Now, talking more about censorship, think of it this way. Your use of Facebook or Twitter is not much different than 30 years ago when you actually could call into your favorite radio station, like I mentioned a minute ago. In those days, you'd call in to give a high school shout out to your friends, and then the radio station actually edited your comments because they were too long or not appropriate for the flow of the radio station. They censored you. They may be your thoughts, and they may be your friends, but the platform isn't yours. It belongs to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, YouTube, whoever owns it. I mean, if you think about it like this, if a coffee shop has an open mic poetry night and you walk in with 30 of your best friends and you all buy lattes and bagel, spend seven or eight dollars a piece, and then you expect to get on the mic and go on a 15 minute rant about politics. Well, guess what? You're more than likely going to get censored. They're going to either ask you to leave or force you to leave by having you removed by the police. The coffee shop definitely values you and your 30 friends, but that all stops when it starts to interfere with their agenda, their customers, or their future business, like it or not. That coffee shop has a responsibility to their ownership and the other patrons who came there to hear poetry or who may later on hear about your political rant and uh, at their coffee shop stage, and then again, never choose to go there because that's not what they want while they're enjoying their coffee. So even in context of the right audience, you can't simply walk up on stage unannounced at, for example, a Kenny Chesney concert to tell everyone in the audience how you feel about the Second Amendment. I mean, the fact is, is that everyone might actually agree with you at a Kenny Chesney concert, even though you bought a ticket and an expensive one at that, they are not going to let you on stage to speak. That's censorship. Yep. But it's their stage. 
You want to talk to 25 or 50,000 people? Get your own stage. Ain't happening at a Kenny Chesney concert. They don't want that kind of press or liability associated with their brand, even if they agree with your message. Now, here's one more. You donated a ton of money to your church through tithes and offerings. You attended faithfully every single week. You know everyone, everyone that attends there, all the important people, including the deacons and the pastors, hundreds, maybe thousands of people, and they all love you. Do you think the church is going to let you get up at the pulpit and give your speech on whatever topic you want? No. Even though you make tithes and offerings, even though you are faithful, even though you are well-liked, they are going to censor you. I mean, give it a shot this Sunday and see what happens. Even though the church belongs to God, the building belongs to the organization that owns it. And they ultimately control that which is spoken from their pulpit, their platform, and it's just how it works. So, do social platforms have a right to tag our posts? Yes. It's their platform. Do they have a right to remove our posts? Throttle our posts so nobody sees them? Yes, they do. Do they have the right to suspend users whose content does not meet their standards? Yes, they do. It's their platform. In fact, it's happened to me numerous times, all of these things. Now, ultimately, it doesn't make us feel good. In fact, it seems pretty yucky to know that something so important to you may not be shared with thousands of other people that you have connections with in your network, especially when it feels like there may be an alternative agenda based on politics, religion, or whatever. But if you stop and think about it, pre-social media, how else were you able to communicate with hundreds or thousands of people instantaneously? You weren't. Sure, you could Get a stage and stage a speech and get a mic and speakers and invite people to hear you. But you certainly couldn't do it daily or hourly like we can on social media. Or you could call a few people on the phone, maybe organize a conference call. Or you could throw flyers in an envelope and pay a bunch of postage and send everyone your thoughts through the mail. Or you could buy a billboard and communicate your message that way. Or you could email everyone. But before social media, and outside of social media, there is no other free platform that the average person can use to quickly and effectively communicate with hundreds or thousands of people at a moment's notice as easily as tapping your phone. End of story. It doesn't exist. There is no other means to accomplishing this one singular goal. Now, does that mean that we, the users of social media, should be held hostage to personal or political agendas when it comes to how we consume or disseminate content, ideas, or information? No, of course not. We should seek that which allows us to freely express ourselves in a way that works for us, knowing full well, however, that our world is fluid. What worked three to five years ago may not work next year. And knowing full well that if it's a free platform, one that relies on user engagement, that they control the flow of information, that the algorithm is set in their favor for their agenda, whether it's to generate more profit, limit speech that they don't agree with, or whatever. And in an open market, users sometimes have choices, and you can choose, just like I can, to use or not use any or all of the platforms we want. 
Now, the fact is, is that I actually opened a Parler account a few days ago. Will I use it? I don't know. On the surface, I think the app is clunky and slow. And frankly, I'm trying to limit and minimize the amount of time I spend on social media to begin with. I already spend a ton of time on it because it's my job and I certainly don't want to add more. So listen, I'll fool around with it just like I did with TikTok, which by the way, then I deleted because it was a colossal waste of time. But to all my friends and colleagues who are hopeful in searching for free speech and an uncensored experience on social media, good luck. I hope you find what you're looking for. Our world truly does need more free and open conversation, different outlooks and perspectives, different points of view. And if that can be had on Parlor, I'll be the first to celebrate with you. But I'm not holding my breath. Thanks for listening to Business Beyond the Boardroom On Demand podcast, a feature of the Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. You can listen to the full live radio show every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time anywhere in the U.S. simply by going to moneytalk1010.com. Or if you live in Tampa Bay on 103.1 FM, 92.1 FM, 1010 AM, or 99.5 HD2. Also, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for more great business and marketing content, or just hop over to my website, marksteckman.com. Thanks for listening, and make it a great day.